everybody this is jim and this, this is mike yeah mike's here with me we're doing a special uh podcast remembering michael nesmith from the monkeys yeah, he- yeah hey but yeah before you jump right into it, it's good to uh be on the show again with you jim mm-hmm. and uh, being out for a while there so appreciate uh, everything that you've done and good to be back yeah it's good to have you back mm-hmm. and we just put out a podcast with our interview with skip with uh yeah. mike is on that yeah, Michael Nesmith passed away a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, on everybody's mind who, you know, are Monkees fans. And, right. Yeah, so if you don't know who the Monkees are, <laughs> which I'm sure, <laughs> I don't know why you're listening to this, but Michael Nesmith was, well, the, you can... he was the monkey with the wool hat, to yeah. be specific. Hey, it's, it's, monkeys, it's Monkeys spelled with two E's, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, because like, you know, when you go search in the internet for monkeys, you know, like I did the other day, came up with all the different <laughs> kinds of apes and, and yeah. other simians. And, you know, so it's uh, it's M-O-N-K-E-E-S for yeah. the band, you know, similar to the Beatles, right? I mean, the Beatles, uh, you know, it's it's not the two E's, the rock band. Yeah, it's, I think yeah, it's that's... more, I think the Beatles might have been uh, like beat. I don't know. That's what I always thought. I'm sure there's a... oh answer to that yeah well that's yeah we should find out the answer to that because i thought it was just a rearranging uh so it wouldn't be the same as the small insect with the exoskeleton the beetles well there was the mercy interesting mercy beat so i'm thinking maybe they were going off of that okay do you know i never thought of the word beat in beetles first time first time for everything this is paul what's paul's (laughs) not here come on no no but uh, yeah, yeah the origin of the monkeys i mean they were they came right after the right as the Beatles were gaining popularity, right? Yeah, it was nineteen uh, sixties. It was the late sixties. Yeah, nineteen six. Yeah, well, it was, um, was nineteen sixty five that they were con- that they were conceived. I guess that's uh, that's you know uh, figuratively, not literally. And uh, nineteen sixty six, my birth year, is when they uh, started being on TV and such. Yeah, but I'm just wondering. I'm just saying that the Beatles were first. You know, the Beatles were out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, we're going to talk a, a little bit about that because the Monkees did meet the Beatles. Believe it or not. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Michael Nesmith. Uh, I well, first of all, I saw Michael Nesmith on the last tour, which just ended, believe it or not, less than a month ago. Just weeks ago. The tour started September 10th in Spokane, Washington, and ended on November 14th. So literally, you know, I don't know, three weeks ago or so uh, in L.A. at the Greek. Now, I heard the show, the tour was postponed because of COVID, but I'm not sure if that's true or not, because I don't remember hearing about my mind. You know, is not what it (laughs) used to be. But uh, yeah, but you're not as old as a monkey. By the way, the monkeys, you know, they're they're all as old as my parents. Uh, mm-hmm. born just a year or two uh, after my parents were born. Was, They're getting up in age there. Yeah, Michael Nesmith was 78. Yeah. And he, he did have heart problems. He had uh, heart surgery maybe three years ago. I think, they mm-hmm. were on, I think they were on tour at the time and had to stop the tour because he was told, he, well, you know, if you continue, you will die. To do a tour, this is just the United States, is for yeah. even a young person, I think is grueling to be on, uh, you know, the tour bus uh, from town to town. Uh, you're sleeping in different 
hotel rooms. I know for me, it's right. been hit and miss. You're that. eating junk food and you're not eating your favorite foods and what you're used to. And you also just can't take a day off because like, hey, you know, we got a big tour tomorrow, yeah. but I'm just going to take the day off instead. I'm not going. You know, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, you can't just do that. They might get a day in between, but they did 40 shows, 40 shows, not yeah, like that's, 10, that's 15. Yeah. You know, who knows? I, I don't know. Maybe the tour, whatever was going on. Uh, when I saw him, I was, I even said in one of our, the podcast I did with Jeremy on the concerts we went to, I even said yeah. in that, that I hope there wasn't something else going on because he looked, he just looked frail. He wasn't walking too well. Yeah. Um, I re remember you mentioning that to me. Yeah. Cause he was, he was interviewed a couple years ago and the difference is just astonishing with, you know, from two years ago, he, yeah. he had more, he had more weight on, but this I think was before having heart surgery too. So he went yeah, through and I a saw lot. The video that you sent. Yeah. He appeared to be not moving around very, very much, uh, you know, kind of still stiff and yeah. Uh, yeah, looking a little tired. Yeah. So I wanted to read, this is from Mickey Dolans on Twitter. He says, I'm heartbroken. I've lost a dear friend and partner. I'm so grateful that we could spend the last couple of months together doing what we love best, singing, laughing, and doing shtick. I'll miss it. Shtick. It's a shtick. <laughs> I'll miss it also so much, especially the shtick. Rest shtick. in peace, Nez. And that was his nickname. Yeah. He went by Nez or Papa Nez. Nez. And it says, all my love, Mickey. Yeah. That's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, the group's manager also put out a statement. I'll just read a little bit. That tour was truly, was a true blessing for so many. And in the end, I know that Michael was at peace with his legacy, which included songwriting, producing, acting, direction, and so many innovative ideas and concepts. So that's a little bit of what he wrote. Let's talk a little, let's start with um, a little bit about Michael Nesmith. Yeah. So he was, he was born on December 30th, 1942 in Houston, Texas. A lot of his songs were country based, like country right. rock, more so country. And I, I like that about him with the monkeys is he brought a different kind of, he, he did write some monkey songs. He didn't, I don't think he sang vocals on all of them, but, but you can tell he just brought a different kind of like, listen to the band is like, that stands out for me. The first album I had was the monkey's greatest hits. Uh, yeah. and, and I noticed a lot of the songs, it is a mix of uh, being written by them and written by other people. Yeah. A lot of their songs. It's, it's a mix. Yeah. We had uh, Neil Diamond wrote some songs and um, voice and heart. Those were the, they wrote the monkey's theme and they wrote a lot of the, the hit songs. He was an only child like myself who I think are a little weird sometimes maybe, <laughs> but also maybe, maybe not to say that, that children who have siblings aren't as creative. You'll have your friends, you know, like we had, like we still have. Yeah. Yeah. But when you don't have someone ever, you know, in your house every day, like a brother or sister, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, bothering you, bugging you. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say that. You may <laughs> you have to create your own environment sometimes. Dis yeah, distractions <clears throat> or, or like being creative. That's, that's interesting, yeah. 
So his, his parents did divorce when he was four. He did get the name Nesmith from his father, Warren. His mom's name was Bet. And here's a little trivia. Maybe you know this. Yeah. Michael Nesmith's mom invented something that became huge. I do not know that. Well, mm-hmm. what this would have been, um, what is this, the, the 50s then probably, or uh, earlier. I mean, yeah. This was... Um, uh, I don't know. This was 1955. Michael Nesmith was 13. Yeah, um, I was guessing 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his mother invented the typewriter correction fluid known commercially as liquid paper. Yeah, most people, that's so cool. Wow. Most people think she invented Whiteout, but that, that's another company that kind of stole the idea. Now, she called it Mistake Out. Mistake Out, okay? <laughs> Yeah, so mistake out. I did read that she, she would make this in her kitchen and put it in little bottles, put a little label on it yeah. with that name on it. I think she was a, yeah, she was a clerical worker. She also did graphic design. Oh, and she was a secretary in Texas, Texas Bank and Trust. What if, if that was secret ingredients, you know, like was a little bit of egg white and mayonnaise or, you know, I mean, what's, uh, you know, I wonder if she has secret ingredients to that. Well, I heard one of the ingredients was actually paint. I guess white paint. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, that'd be funny, wouldn't it? Just in, like somebody's white paint put in bottles mm-hmm. and marketing it. <laughs> I mean, why not? Just yeah. get the right brush, you know, right small. Just mm-hmm. white paint. Well, most people don't write letters or type anymore. No, no, it's so. in the in the past now. Yeah. So th- this was at the time where th- this invention was like you know needed, right? In 1979. She sold Liquid Paper Corporation to Gillette. I don't know if they make the razors, same company, mm-hmm. for $48 million. So this is 1979. Wow. And sadly, she died a few months later at the oh, age of 56. Yeah, yeah. So he lost his mother. 40, um, yeah. yeah. And he got half yeah. the $48 million when she passed away. Mm-hmm. So Michael Nesworth was... I don't know if you know this. He was also in the Air Force. I don't know how long, but I was I was just watching. It's weird. I was just watching a couple of monkeys episodes today, and I happened to watch one. It's called. It's the pilot for the monkeys. Oh wow! Yeah. But but what's weird is it's it's not the first episode on the DVDs. It's like the eighth. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. I don't. If I did see it, it was a long time ago. But yeah. at the en- end of the episode, they have Michael Nesmith's audition. It's, it's not very long. That's weird. It's in yeah, black, yeah. black and white for some reason. And he mentions jumping out of airplanes, like casually. Yeah. You know, he was kind of a, you know, if he said a joke, it, you know, you might not think it was a joke or yeah, you might it dry, think it was a, a joke. Dry- yeah dry delivery yeah so they didn't really the guy on the other you don't see the other guy interview him but michael nesmith can tell he doesn't believe believe him that what he's saying yeah he moved to los angeles uh i think with two of his friends and he signed a publishing deal for his song so he was before the monkeys he was a writing songs his song mary mary was recorded by paul butterfield blues band but the the most famous one and one of my favorite but it's one of my favorite songs. It's called Different Drum. You know, you and I. I do, I do not know it. You don't know that song. Oh, Different Drum. Yes, yeah, yeah. Linda Ronstadt. I know it. Michael mm-hmm. Nesbitt right. wrote, wrote that song. 
and he the he presented it to the monkeys and they they didn't they not the monkeys themselves but the people around didn't want to use that song i i think it would have been a number one one. yeah Yeah. so he had other songs like pretty little princess uh, as 1965 uh recorded by frankie lane a couple other songs uh were made popular by the nitty gritty nitty gritty dirt band um Mm -hmm. he was he was a really good songwriter. I, I think he doesn't get as much credit. Believe it or not, he had 15 solo albums out. Um, <laughs> I would not have guessed that. Yeah. yeah. More than the Monkees had uh, from 1968 to 2015. He also had six live albums and a promotional album, which means the album also had, like I guess, some interviews on it and other stuff. So, of course... Then joined the Monkees, and I don't know if you know this, the Monkees set a record in 1967 that no other act has equaled, right? Well, I know that they did uh, a high revenue, high intake of, ca- of cash flow. Is that what you're talking about? No. Earnings? Okay, I'll, talk, I'll tell that later. Yeah. Go ahead. They became the first and only act to have four, four number one albums on the Billboard 200 chart in a, in a, in one year, four albums in one year, yeah. their debut album in 1966, then more of the monkeys, 1967 headquarters, 1967 and Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn and Jones, LTD 1967. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I think more of the monkeys <laughs> is probably, um, a lot of bands record, more songs than they need so yeah they, just the outtakes and extras right right they would have been maybe b-sides or yeah you use later on on another out so they i so that's why there's you know more of the monkeys i think was probably in the first yeah. sessions of recording michael nesmith he won his role largely by appearing nonchalant when he auditioned which like i said i watched the audition yeah. he's just he's so cool he's yeah. so like almost like you know, if, if you want to give me the, the job or like almost like it didn't matter, like he was applying yeah, for something, yeah. he didn't, he wasn't real crazy, but, but if he got it, he got yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So he, he rode his motorcycle to the audition and he wore a wool hat. Of course, the famous wool hat to keep his hair out of his eyes. Right. <laughs> so producers, Bob Rafelson and Bert Schneider remembered the wool hat guy. And called yeah, him back. Yeah. And called him back. Yeah. The hat did it. The only time that was the only time that would suck is when you're you're you know summertime or indoors and there's a lot of heat from the lights and you're just really overheating you know and sweating. Yeah. You know if you have to keep up up that uh, persona. What are you drinking there, Jim? So I have to open my my beer's getting warm here. Well, there we go. All right. You talked about it getting warm, but I thought it was mostly gone. You know, you haven't opened it yet. No, I've been talking. No, okay. <laughs> I'm drinking cool, clear water, cool, clear uh, Pennsylvania water. How um, adventurous! I had a couple. I had a couple of hard Ooh. ciders earlier uh, in the day, and they were hot because I was outside. Yeah. Um, downtown Easton, but it, they were hot hard ciders and uh, very good, very tasty. Like a hot toddy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what a hot toddy is? I've been trying to. No, I don't know. I've only heard of hot toddies. Tell me I'm about kind... hot toddies, Jim. I'm kind of lazy sometimes, or maybe I just want to keep it going that I don't know what something is. You know, you don't have to know everything. 
Because you can go on Google, you can. I could, I could uh, simply explain to you and our listeners what a hot toddy is. Yeah. Well, I might do I, that. I honestly don't know. So it starts with a, a lime juice, like as a base, and then you have, uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's uh, Jamaican rum and uh, a splash of vodka. Okay. And um, I'm just, to I'm totally making this stuff up. Oh, I don't know what a hot okay. toddy is. I assume it's hot, <laughs> don't you? If it's a hot drink. It probably isn't hot. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just using this as another effort to get our listeners to uh, contact us. So contact us with, with your version of a hot toddy. Okay. Our email is jimandmikepodcast at gmail.com. Because there that's you go. Well, there yeah. you go. So, yeah. We listeners want to know what I'm from the monkeys to drink. So if listeners want to know what I'm drinking, um, it's uh, from yeah, Evil, yeah. G Evil Genius. It's a uh, mm -hmm. just just vibing uh, hazy mango pineapple guava IPA. A lot going on in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's um, it's from Pitts, Pittston, not Pittstown, Pennsylvania. Pittston. 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 Okay. Hey, that was in that movie Cars. Do you remember? Remember what the award was in the movie Cars? I don't. I don't even know if I saw. Yeah, that. the trophy. The trophy was the Piston Cup. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. Piston Cup. Anyway, it's another joke for the okay, kids. Okay, so for the kiddos. The monkeys and the Beatles. Here we go. Yeah, Criti yeah, yeah. So critics of the monkeys observed that they were simply they the prefab for a made-for-TV knockoff <laughs> of the Beatles. However, yeah. the Beatles themselves took it in stride and even hosted a party for the Monkees when they visited England. Uh, the Beatles were recording Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. That's very true. At the time of the Monkees' visit, and as such, the party inspired the line in the Monkees' tune, Randy Scouse Get. That's actually the name of a song, Monkey song, written by Mickey Dolenz. Oh. Um, well, a line in the song is the four kings of EMI are sitting stately on the floor. He's talking about the Beatles. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Nesmith attended the Beatles recording session for a, a day in the life at Abbey Road Studios. And he can be seen in the Beatles home movies, uh, including one scene where he's talking with John Lennon. And during the conversation, Michael Nesmith had reportedly asked Lennon, do you think we're a cheap imitation of the Beatles, your movies and your records? Uh, to which Lennon assuredly replied, I think you're the greatest comic talent since the Marx Brothers. <laughs> I've never missed one of your programs. So John Lennon was a Monkees fan. Yeah. 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 As he long as you movies. revere the comic talent part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, that also was the year right then when that was happening that they exceeded in income. Monkeys exceeded in income, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones together that year. And you had talked about the albums being, you know, out concurrently and being mm -hmm. purchased concurrently all in that year. That was 1967. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna go on too long about Michael Nesmith. Um I was very sad when I heard the news. I had, you know, a lot of my friends were texting me. You know, mm -hmm. including my wife, even Plastic EP, a friend of ours from Australia, who, if you listen to yeah. our interview, you'll know he is, that is his band. And how great was it for him 
to discover the monkeys as everyone else was first seeing the monkeys on TV. Yeah. I mean, we didn't experience that. I don't know when I first saw the monkeys. I did look it up because I know MTV started showing the monkeys, but I, I know I, I was a monkeys fan before that. And that was 1986. Uh, MTV started rerunning the monkeys, but in 69 to 72, CBS ran the monkeys Saturday mornings and sometimes in the afternoon. Okay. Exactly. Let me, let me tell you about that. So that's, that's my earliest, my personal memories of the monkeys. It's also some of my earliest memories. I would go for overnight to my grandparents' house uh, between Warren Glen and Bloomsbury, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I'd actually don't, it was so, I was so young. I'm going to guess I was probably around six or seven uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. And the monkey on and some other cartoons would be on Saturday morning. I don't have a whole lot of memories of what I did with my grandparents there. I kind of think it was my parents just getting a night away from kids. But anyway, mm-hmm. there on the TV, I believe it was color TV. It might have been black and white was the monkeys on Saturday morning. And I enjoyed the music. But even at that age, I'm like, what about the acting here? You know? Yeah. Anyway, it was in, it was just fascinating. Even at that young age, I enjoyed the, the, the music even more mm-hmm. than whatever they were trying to put together in that half hour, probably half a show, right? Yeah. Um, it was I'm a pretty guessing. it was a pretty odd show. But I, yeah, I always it was bizarre. But now that I got older and after, you know, a hard day's night, which Mike, you still have to see mm-hmm, right. the Beatles movie. One, once you watch that, you'll understand. I'm not saying the monkeys copied that, but it, it was similar to the comedy. Like even when you see the Beatles interviewed and they're just saying goofy answers and just. Uh, yeah, I can still picture the early monkeys that I was watching as a, a child. And yeah, it's a lot of running around. Did they speed it up too? They were kind of yeah, running yeah. in circles. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, those kind yeah. of things. I appreciate it even more. I still remember that. Yeah. Well, the the one I watched today. And look what I got here. Oh, there's a cat. Yeah. Want to say anything? Say cat? hello. We got a cat here. <laughs> <laughs> she just said meow. Anyway. So the Get that the, cat out the one episode I watched today, besides the pilot, it was where yeah. Davy Jones is, I don't think it was his father, might have been his uncle. He's coming to America and Davy, Davy Jones wants to, his uncle to think that he's successful. The other guys go around, one of them steals this ice cream man's uniform. It's Charlie Callis, remember the, old, the comedian, Charlie Callis. He was in a lot oh, of- Oh, I don't know him, so yeah. And he, then he, he's, he's got this ice cream cart. He's in the middle of the street. And then he's sitting there without his shirt on. And then by the end of the episode, all these people, like Michael, uh, is it Michael Nesmith? Yeah, I think Michael Nesmith applies for a job at a, a Italian restaurant. He says he can make pasta. And then you see him in the kitchen. He's got like pasta all over him and everything. And he yeah, stills, yeah. he just takes off with a chef's uniform. So the, the concept is that Davy Jones has, he has a, he has a chef. He has a butler and they get all these uniforms from they're stealing them from different people. And then those people show okay, up at the yeah. house for some, you That's know, trying to get their clothing yeah. back. So it was, that was a funny one. <laughs> anyway. So, um, 
I have some songs that people should check out. Michael Nesmith. Yeah. Uh, some interesting ones. Uh, first one is the Patsy Cline song, I Fall to Pieces. Now, Michael Nesmith had this band he called the First National Band, which was made up of John London on bass. Now, he, John London, when Michael Nesmith was cast in The Monkees, Michael Nesmith recruited London as his stand-in on the set. And when the originally fictionist band began playing on their own recordings, London sometimes served as the bassist, allowing Peter yeah. Tork to play keyboards, banjo, or another instrument. Yeah. So, and, and this guy also co-wrote a song with Michael Nesmith, which is on one of the Monkees albums. Um, yeah. So, so that was, this is part of the band, that, the first national band. Now, this is off his album, Loose Salute. Now, Michael Nesmith had, he was very, very intelligent person, very like a wordsmith. You know, a yeah. lot of his albums have, even his songs, um, Tabioca Tundra, there's a song called. Yeah. And these are songs that don't really mention the title of the song. It's just, this is what I'm going to name the song. Really yeah. had nothing to do with the song or Tabioca, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then we got um, John Ware. We're still on the. Um, First national band. John Ware was on drums. Uh, he was also with the Stone Ponies. Now, the Stone Ponies were Linda Ronstadt's band, which recorded yeah. a different drum. And it was his idea to form this band with Michael Nesmith and I guess start recording solo albums. And then we have Red Rhodes. <laughs> That's the guy's name. <laughs> R H O D E S. He played the pedal steel guitar. He also played with James Taylor, the Beach Boys, amongst others. So that was, that was the, uh, the band that Michael Nesmith used. So the second song I this have is here. Be before, that's before or after the Monkees started? Before or after the Monkees started? Uh, like he this came, is after the Monkees started. For, yeah, okay. So it's after, yeah. Because yeah, the one guy suggested they, they put this band together while he was in the okay. Monkees. So the second song, like I mentioned, listen to the band. Now this song's grown on me over the years because it's, it's very different. And the, the album I had was the Monkees' Greatest Hits. Like I said, I think it came out in 1976. Mm -hmm. So that was my first introduction to the Monkees, which was great because it had all their hit songs on it. This was one of the songs that was on. It was the only Michael Nesmith song. So it kind of stood out, you know, on its own. Yeah. I mean, he's got a brass sec section in this song. And it's pretty much, uh, I mean, the song I think should have been the first song on the album because, you know, listen to the band, like it would have, because yeah. when you listen, you, you, you hear, you know, he speaks to you, you know, listen to the band. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I did. I listened to the monkeys. That's interesting. You know, he could have, he could have been thinking the same as you, but other people override that, you know, they're like, yeah. nah, let's put this one first. And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. This song, uh, it's called While I Cry, and this is from the album Instant Replay, or the Monkees album, 1969. Mm -hmm. Now, this, al this album is interesting because it was issued 11 months after the show was canceled, and it was the first album of songs that were not on the TV show. Because you'd see, huh. I guess you'd, you could go out and buy the album, and then they, some of the songs would be on the TV show that were on the album, yeah. you know. So this was a song that Michael Nesmith performed on the last tour. And it stood out. It's, it's about a girl who everyone told this guy not to 
to go out with or be with that she'll eventually hurt him and she'll be gone. You know, while I cry, that's what it's called. And the, when he performed the song in the last tour, he, by the end of the song, I still don't know if it's real or not, but he was actually crying. Yeah. Um, but I've yeah. seen video of other shows and he's crying. So I don't know if he'd build himself. This song was so powerful. It's, it's a slow wow. song and it's just him wow. singing. Uh, Did he write it? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote yeah. that song. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, so then maybe he, uh, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's based on real events. Uh, that's yeah. interesting. So as you're talking about the songs, Jim, it's interesting. I'm just thinking again back to, like you said, 1969. And um, I'm just wondering if there's some people who like the Beatles and didn't like the monkeys or vice versa. You know, we've got a friend, Keith. He loves the monkeys, but I don't believe he's a he's a Beatles fan at all. Yeah. And so I'm just wondering if there's there was a place for monkeys in music only and uh, if there was ever a battle between um you know liking the beatles or liking the monkeys you know yeah in in, in that year 1969 you know there's a lot of other rock and a lot of other cultural things going on but just wondering about that what i'm finding though is people that i know and people we've interviewed they have an equal love i mean i'm sure they love one over the other but even our yeah. friend plastic ep in australia I don't know if he'd actually admit. I think he loves the monkeys over the Beatles, but I th it could be pretty yeah. equal. Uh, so what about our friend Keith? What do you think? I mean, he's he likes wacky and zane and weird music, and uh, that's his mm -hmm. favorite genre. You know, Weird Al. You know, that's where it's at. Yeah, well, Dr. and he likes that. He likes the fifties and sixties music. Yeah, I've never heard him talk about the Beatles. Yeah, I just think that there's a certain amount of people that the that the uh, oddity and the humor and the uh, strangeness of you know is uh is alluring well we'll have keith on here sometime and then we can ask him yeah yeah find out the truth in here now by the yeah. way our friend keith i've known i know i've known keith since believe it or not kindergarten so we're talking 50 yeah. some years all right yeah all right. yeah oh no you're not going to get into the celebrity conundrum are you with uh with keith what happens with keith you know oh yeah we might have to we're not going to do that now go ahead whatever you were going to say go ahead <laughs> well i have a couple more songs that i find interesting yeah. michael nesman so yeah a couple more songs and i got my favorite coming up too so go ahead this is kind of an odd one it's from his album 1979 album infinite rider on the big dogma that's the name of the album infinite rider well yeah and it's called cruising it starts off with this really cool bass bass line uh there's some uh like organ in there but it reminds me of lou reed kind of like it, the lyrics are kind of spoken mm -hmm. and it tells a story about these three characters lucy ramona and sunset sam and they're cruising through la it's it's a real slick song i i, I really really like it one yeah, line I'm gonna is, look it up i don't i don't know it yet and one line is cruising through the streets looking for a disco so remember this is 1979 <laughs> right and then we got uh let's see nine times blue i don't know if you know that one now this is with the first national band the album Mag magnetic south now this song is yeah. only a minute and 39 seconds long this is a country ballad but 
And it was also on the Monkees' 1968 album, The Birds, the Bees, and the Monkees. <laughs> oh, I love that name, too. So th- those, yeah, are, yeah, those are my songs. Of course, we mentioned Different Drum. That was my last song. And you yeah. said that was made famous by Linda Ronstadt. Is that who I'm, yeah. listening, I'm hearing when I hear that song? Yeah. Wow, it's really raining outside. It's like a hurricane outside. Yeah, that passed through here uh, 15 yeah. minutes ago. Yep. So Michael Nesmith, I'll tell you a little bit more about Different Drum. It was written in 1964 by Michael Nesmith. And it was first recorded by the Northern Bluegrass Band, the Greenbrier Boys. Like I said, Michael Nesmith offered it to the Monkees, but the producers, they turned it down. Uh, it says, although he did perform a short comic version of the song in an episode of the Monkees. So if I keep watching the Monkees, maybe that'll come up. Wow. So they say, no, we're not going to put that out as a serious thing. But we're going to make you parody it on the Monkees television show. That's yeah. that could be demeaning, actually. Well, that was back when, like, you know, not so much now. But if you said if you said no when you were on a TV show, they they could say no, you're going to do it, or you can leave, or you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They made them do it, possibly. Yeah, yeah what, we don't, don't really know. So one last thing on this song is I I love some of the lines in the song. Don't get me wrong, it's not that I knock it. It's just that I am not in the market for a girl who wants to love only me. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other line that's pretty good is, we'll both live a lot longer if you live without me, babe. <laughs> yeah. Really good song. And one of his, I don't know when he started writing music. So that's, that's about it I have on Michael Nesmith, unless you want to add anything. No, no, I don't have anything more to add yeah. on uh, Michael Nesmith. So yeah. that's, that's good. Yep. So hopefully uh, you enjoyed our talk about the monkeys and Michael Nesmith, rest in peace. There's only one monkey left now, Mickey Dolan. So, right. And, and you and I saw him together with Todd Rundgren a year and a half ago. Is that right? Yeah, we saw I Mickey like um, on the White Album tour. Yeah, yeah. I think it was 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. And some, maybe someday you'll tell the whole story. You had a conversation with him in an elevator and you guys yeah, kind of yeah. got into it. So um, yeah, maybe you could talk about that some another day. I, I did tell that story to someone that I think the um, video has been destroyed now. You know, I didn't want that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of personal, kind of per- mm-hmm. it can get personal, you know. And I'm sure we'll talk about the monkeys more in other podcasts. You know, I met, I met Mickey. I met Peter. I met Davey, mm-hmm. believe it or not, in 2009. Yeah. But I never met Michael Nesmith. The autograph show I go to, he was there three years ago. And for some reason or other, some of the shows I didn't go to, if there weren't enough, I don't think there was anybody else I wanted to meet and I should have gone, but it would be just me driving there to meet Michael Nesmith. But now looking right. back, that would have been cool, you know, but mm-hmm. oh, well. So, Mike, it's yeah. uh, good to have you back on the podcast. I know uh, we'll be doing some interviews together. Uh, Jeremy's still going to yeah. do some of the regular. We got a Christmas podcast coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, I just want to drop that that really hot news, too, that, uh, oh. you know, Andrew Von Kampen, who, that, who we interviewed not long ago, uh, out in the press there mm-hmm. is Prince Charles of England there at the record store buying her vinyl. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That just came out uh, yesterday at the hardware store, the hardware store. 
yeah so that's well, some pretty cool stuff i didn't realize that she did more than one video for that hardware store there's an article you can look up with prince charles you know purchasing her album and visiting this uh hardware store in uh mm -hmm. but on that page there's another video of an ad where there's there's a re actually i think it's in the video there's a woman reporter and then yeah. they play this video and andrea's not in it but it's her voice she's singing it i don't know if it's forever young or if it's a different song yeah so she did another oh, they ad. probably used her voice for that promo forever yeah. forever young and uh, put some other woman on video that's yeah. interesting anyway listeners you can check that out check out prince charles and the his love for andrea von camp all right and it is good to be back it's good to yeah. be back in the seat and even though it's not the studio right now and we're looking forward to some really great interviews so until next time turn off the tv and turn up the music intro and exit music by the band 99 percent today's show was produced and edited by jim thatcher Jim and Mike Talk Music is recorded at, did you say, Seven Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts.